All right, I got two controversial ones for you. <laughs> and I'm going to try to make this as hard for you to edit as possible so that this both they both stay in. So I'm going to t- I'm going to give you the the easy one first. So uh, as we've covered many times in the past, I'm not a football guy. Uh, I can't tell my footballs from my footballs um, or my uh, your Ted Lasso's and whatnot. But can you explain a couple of things that happened this weekend for me? I can try. So uh, I think the term is "How about them 49ers? and that did not work out for the most no, part so so two so two things with that and I'll, I'll take the easy one first so i was hearing on marketplace and i heard on a couple of boring places where um did the the 49ers are in the afc or the nfc the nfc and also side side point as somebody who's not a sports guy every time i hear nfc i immediately think of the wireless communication technology not national football well that that makes that makes sense for you yeah and I assume most people, but um, the the other ones. It, did the game get decided by a coin flip, or what, what is the thing? Some somebody's mad about the Bills, and I and I don't oh, know why. Uh-huh. Well, can you explain how a coin follows into it, or or, is, or is the, are these people who are have a, a strong team affinity and are like ex- explain why that might be the case? Yeah, so the way that the NFL uh, overtime rules work, so if a game is tied at the end of regulation, it goes into overtime, and then... And real quick, over, overtime mm-hmm. in the NFL just means you get an extra, you get you get a fifth quarter, basically. Like, it's 15 minutes, or is it a sudden death type situation? Uh, well, it's, that's, it's complicated. So, <laughs> in... Let's text John Madden. Well, okay, so we have to break this down, take down a bunch of different ways here. So the coin toss is used prior to the start of overtime to determine who gets the ball first. So this is this means that and again from an outsider's perspective, it's not like the cuz the NBA does not have a coin toss. They have a tip off Correct. where like everybody just bats at the ball and eventually somebody gets it, right? Right. And that is not how football works. That's not how football works. That's right. Okay. News to me. All right. <laughs> um and so the, then the you know so the coin toss happens in the regular season if it if the game is still tied at the end of overtime the game ends in a tie whereas in in the playoffs that you know there are are no ties and so i i don't even know i don't think this has actually ever even happened but i i think they basically continue to play 15 you know minute quarters until until there is is a winner um so anyway actually that's not really all that important to to get to the core point here which is you know coin toss happens it used to be that it it was truly sudden death in both the regular season and playoff overtime format where literally the first team to even score just a field goal won the game and so what would happen oftentimes is whoever won the coin toss and got the ball first, you really don't have to go all that far, especially with these modern field goal kickers who are, you know, are pretty good. You don't really have to go all that far to be in field goal range and then just like win the game. So like a team could basically get, you know, 30, 40 yards and then they'd kick a field goal and they would win. And the other team wouldn't even have a chance at possessing the ball. They just, they just, the game would just be over. In football, are you allowed to p- choose to kick a field goal at any point? I thought that was only available to make the seventh point. Well, that's an extra point kick that's separate from a field goal. 
Is that the seventh point, though? That's correct. Yeah. Okay, so my initial statement wasn't wrong. Okay, all right. Not wrong, no. Um, and you, 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 I mean, you can opt to kick a field goal technically at any time, but you know, realistically, it needs to be you know fifty-five yards or less. Anything it, longer than that gets to be oh, unrealistic. I was going to guess it was like thirty-five to 50, uh, thirty-five to forty was kind of the range that you would reasonably think that the kicker is going to sink the putt if you will <laughs> if, if you will i um, mean it, it used to be more so that way but again you you know field goal kickers have gotten pretty good and their range has gotten long <laughs> um so anyway so what the nfl did and i i think what i think the way they rolled this out is i think it was originally just for the playoffs and then maybe they changed it for overtime during the regular season too. Um, but again, anyway, that doesn't really matter for this conversation. But they changed the rules so that the team who possesses the ball first can only end the game immediately if they score a touchdown. If they only kick a field goal and make it, then the other team gets a chance to basically like respond like they get the ball and that's disadvantageous because that's three points against seven potentially right i what do you mean like so if you, if you choose to make a field goal and that doesn't mean that you win in the playoffs and the other team gets an automatic possession they potentially have seven points on the table so that would maybe not be wise well so mm. well i mean if you know if, if the team who gets the ball first you know gets stopped on fourth down where you know they kicking a field goal is kind of the only option they have then that's what they'll do and then give the ball back to the other team and then if the other team also scores a field goal then the game you know continues until the next score but if the other team then scores a touchdown the game's over mm -hmm. but so what happened in the kansas city buffalo game which was actually not this past weekend it was the, the weekend before is Kansas City won the coin toss and then scored a touchdown and the game was over. So Buffalo never never got a chance to possess the ball. And so that's Wait, but then what's wrong with that? Well, I mean, people's critique basically is that the the coin toss, you know, still has sort of an outweighed influence on the outcome of overtime. Well, no, but they had and this is this is my 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 key complaint about football is no, actually they had one hour of game time, which uh, in real world time ends up being three and a half hours of, of nonsense. They had they had an hour and they had four 15 minute quarters to make that count. So I, I don't know how the coin toss makes that any un, any more unfair. Well, that would they had be, plenty of they had plenty of time to play. Yeah, I mean that's that's the argument that that many make. I, yeah. I would say that the easy fix to the overtime rule is you give each team at least one chance to possess the ball. And then this conversation's over. Mm. How's it work in soccer? Because don't you in extra time? Sorry, are are you qualified to answer that, or is it, am I barking up the wrong I'm, tree? You're barking up the wrong tree. Okay, I think I think in Ted Lasso they showed something where you go into extra time and you just get like an extra. So soccer is a ninety minute pitch. I who fucking knows? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you get extra ten minutes. Anyway, okay. So people who are saying that that, that the a the who who are who are the Niners then again? AFC, NFC. The 49ers are NFC. Okay, so that the AFC was decided by a coin toss. That is a objectively 
that gets four Pinocchios on the, <laughs> is that the Washington Post? Uh, that is the Washington Post, yeah. Okay. Or w- WAPO, as you would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, Bezos. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, so the, you know, that, the, so Cairo's doll is wrong. Um, and that's, uh, okay, that seems unfair. Okay, that's fine. And then the, the matchup, I, I, again, don't care about football, don't email, don't at. But it's the Los Angeles Rams of Anaheim against the some city Bengals? The Cincinnati Bengals, yes. And which state is Cincinnati in? Well, that part you know. That has nothing to do with it. I don't. Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, okay. LeBron country. Okay, got it. Okay. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Which wait, which uh, actually, and one last question: Which is the team that has like? Uh, there's this guy I hear about uh, as an outsider called Mahomes. 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 Yeah. Who's he? Well, who's he play for? The, he's, he the, the, he's he's the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, the the team that so won he's not in the football game. Oh, but then they lost in the championship for their they, division. Correct. Wait, they, no, they, they lost to the, it's the conference. So it's the NFC is the National Football Conference. Oh, um, so it's like the National League versus the american league it's exactly what it is yeah um Hmm. and so yeah kansas city lost to cincinnati in the afc championship game this past weekend Hmm. so the controversy which you're talking about happened the weekend before which is the divisional round which is the round before the conference championship so the alds of football correct yes (laughs) okay he's got to put it in language i understand Mm mm-hmm um okay that's interesting i and the only reason i know who the mahomes guy is is that there was a actually oddly interesting and this is something that when we have a slow week i want to circle back to which there was a good episode actually uh, well good is debatable of the recode media podcast about the pervasiveness and increased influence of sports betting yeah uh that's something on a slow week i, I would really like to return to okay um yeah, yeah it's it's interesting i know I know a little bit about it. Yeah, feels gross. Teaser. It's it's yeah. I I don't I don't entirely disagree. Yeah, I did not know that the 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 influence that Scott Van Pelt has on that industry mm. tangentially. Yeah. So again, we'll Def- we'll get back definitely. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, Peter Kafka, pretty good. Yeah, tough. His uh, I think is it tough beats. I think that I think that's what he calls his segment. It's pretty he has good. the thing where yeah, they were talking about that, and I didn't I didn't actually realize that that had it, like unstated betting undertones of yeah it's one where like they're just like really uncharacteristic or like statistically strange um wins across yeah it's, it's mostly college sports right and yeah, yeah I, I think wild beats or something is 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 the term and i did not know that i i always thought yeah i didn't think uh scott van pelt was a um it's controversial it's, dude but it's, it's, it's not even like it's not even a i mean it is about betting but if you if it if you kind of watch it literally but it, it's it's basically a comedy bit usually well, yeah but i it's kind of well but if you if you know the undertones if, if if something that you do means something important to a statistically significant part of the audience and it's always risky yeah but there i don't know there are many many more reasons why sports gambling has become pervasive that are not related to scott mm. van pelt but um, yeah, we'll get we'll get there yeah all right, and then you don't have to participate for this part, and I'm not going to say much. <laughs> I'm still mad. So this week there was, or last week and this week, there was a, um, I like when you Google 
<laughs> sorry, I Googled NYT the daily and under the people, this, this is a bit we do frequently, uh, under the people also ask section. The first question is, does Michael Barbaro still do the daily? And the answer 20% of the time. Um, so the daily had a couple of episodes called, we need to talk about COVID and I know you're not going to participate much in this, but I do want to, um, these episodes are frustrating for a number of reasons. People should go listen to them, even if they don't agree or they already have pre-formulated opinions. But I feel like they were both episodes that were failures because they, uh, widely ignore the uh, role that the New York times plays in, uh, and, and most, uh, center left media play in, uh, making sure people are, um, uh, uh, very hyper aware and also very afraid of certain things. And I feel like the, yeah, there's been this weird pivot in the times is reporting, which may be well-reasoned, but maybe could have been handled more deftly and, um, yeah, these these episodes widely ignore the role that the media has in uh, shaping opinions about COVID uh, across party income and educational lines, and they did not address that whatsoever. And yeah, people should go re-listen to those if they haven't already and then form their own independent opinion. Yeah, if I put links to both episodes in the notes, I think your point is totally valid. Um, I would say those episodes did a lot of other things right, and that sure, you know you're sure, pointing out sure. something that is 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 a miss in the episodes. So, but the, but you're miss. But to to suggest when they have well reasoned discussions about partisanship as being one of the key identifiers in COVID attitudes, and also the main takeaway, the the most frustrating takeaway is that, um, to put it briefly, that the most protected and the most conscientious folks are generally the ones still most um, attuned to and scared of the virus is a goes hand in hand with the type of media that they consume. And if you look at the coverage and most notably the push notifications from the New York times related to each subsequent wave and also the fact that the New York times, and this is something that I don't think we've ever talked about, but the New York Times um, did not ever contextualize the um, dramatic increase in case count with Omicron in terms of the severity with which that has on people who are double or triple vaccinated. And I feel like that is something that you kind of don't get to have it both ways and all of a sudden... Uh, a month into the new year be like well why 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 is life not back to normal um when you are potentially the profit driven institution that is causing people to not want to get back to normal moving on um all right so we have some uh some follow up slash old business or things that we've we've touched on before um what's what's this what's the most neutral pivot out of that yeah, let's talk about one password um do you have any thoughts on a backup strategy so i think when we talked about the fact that one password and agile bits took a huge was it a series c um last month 
And people, a lot of like diehard Mac users and like your daring fireball types are like, oh, who are they abandoning the individual user and stuff like that? Do you have any thoughts on like an exit strategy or not that your data is going to like suddenly disappear, but do you have like any thoughts on like what would happen if one password was ever not the right product for you? Because right now my eggs are 95% in one Canadian basket. No. <laughs> okay. I'm, I, is there even an export option on one password? Like I, like I just, like I, I, I assume ev- like everything that's ever advertised, like on a podcast, like there's, I know there's something called dash lane and there's something called one, uh, last pass. And I assume both of those are very bad. Like, cause if you're advertising, if you have to advertise on a podcast, no offense, it's your product is probably not that good. I don't know, but it's like, I, I don't know what the, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I should probably look into it more, but what the exportability of my entire life is out of one password. Cause if you ever lost access to one password for whatever reason, how many weeks would it co- <laughs> would it require you to f- spend to try to fix your life? It, it, yeah, it'd be a bad time for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, you know, I, on one hand, maybe I'm being naive. I would say it's more so that, especially people in the T world circles, love love this this narrative of the scrappy software that they, you know, have been using for years and love. That's now taken the big money, and now that's not cool anymore. And so now they want to go use something else like the. The T word people love to get all excited about that and and mm-hmm. make a big stink about it and go try some new software just for the sake of trying new software's sake. Um, but no, I if anything, like I think One Password has consistently gotten better over the last year or two. Like their their browser extensions in particular have gotten fantastic with being able to use you know touch id on the mac now and 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 on iphone as well or you know face id on the iphone too um even as native within safari like i i i really still like one password and and for me if anything it's gotten better recently not worse and like i'm i'm not the type of mac user who you're not fussy about electron apps i think I mean, that's, I, that's... I mean, I think the Slack app is terrible, but that's mm. <laughs> that's kind of the only Electron app that bothers me. Like, I, I'll be honest, like, I didn't even realize that 1Password had made this switch to Electron before everybody got all fussy about it. I'm not sure it has yet. I think 1Password oh, is, is it just 8... a plan. Yeah, I think the betas are. So you... Oh, that that's right. Yeah. No, so the, the, the current one's pretty native. But I, mean, I, I don't you... even, I don't ever even use the app though i'm I'm basically just living in the browser extension hmm. yeah like i i think i think you're absolutely I, I mean i think you're absolutely right it's it's unfounded um worry but even if it wasn't for this financial interest thing my, my main concern is kind of like how would like what is the even if you can like export an unencrypted super super unsecure like csv file or something how the hell do you get all that stuff into something else i don't know no, I mean that it, it that's a fair that's a fair question just for pure, you know, risk <laughs> um uh mitigation. Um 
I don't know. I, I guess like the other thing too with the, with this topic is, and this is more about like me than you know other people just liking to get excited about this stuff. Like we, we I feel like we talked about this going way back, even with things like TiVo and stuff. Like <laughs> I'm just seriously both canceled in the past twelve months. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not a power user of much. Like I. I I probably only use, you know, 10% of what one password could do. Same thing for like OmniFocus and even like Fantastical, like all these apps that I use, like I'm just not a power user of any of them. So like a lot of times when these companies make changes to their software that many others get all worked up about. I like I don't even notice it happened. <laughs> so, you know. Okay. I guess that that's another reason I'm just I'm I'm not at all worried about the one password thing. But but it it is a, a totally valid point that you know, it's it's different than like like a backup strategy, right? Where I I've got and we were talking about this recently on the show like I've got the Synology and then I've got Backblaze. So like really, you know, I've got a couple different sources there. Whereas for my passwords, it's like if something if something were to happen on one password, even just like some kind of catastrophic technical failure or something, I'd be pretty screwed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know what the answer is because it's because yeah, it's not like you want to export your one password vault into a CSV and just keep that on your Dropbox or something. Yeah. To to round out this topic, there's one thing that that's kind of not not bugged me, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Like people, and this is I, again, I I stopped listening to Upgrade like two and a half months ago. But people are like, oh, the built-in iOS password manager is getting really good now. Is it like I I cannot fathom trusting Apple to continue to care about the thing that they use to like autofill Safari as being the home for your entire life. That I don't that that terrifies me. I've I've never used it, so I I don't don't have any opinion one way or the other. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So again, I, I again I I trust I trust our uh, friends up north, and I hope it'll be fine for a very long time because I don't think there's really anything else out there that's better. All right. This is a very regional recommendation slash chef's special or. Just whatever it is. There's apparently a thing that's that's been around for a while that had not been on my radar whatsoever. I think this is maybe more of a South Bay thing. Um, but there's a new restaurant chain called for fast casual called Starbird that has a new Marin County location. And it had its soft opening last weekend. And it's very close to me. And it's very delicious. And I would recommend it. The Nashville hot fries are uh, uh, 13 out of 10 is as dog rates might say. Wow. Really good, man. Um, and it's pretty reasonably priced and they're, they're very app focused. And I think their app kind of sucks because it does not have like any Apple pay integration. So I, 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 I don't like a, a restaurant or a business's app that makes you actually enter your credit card and phone to a thing. I just kind of, kind of don't trust it. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it did not integrate into one password. Well, to kind of, link that to the previous topic but yeah i don't know it's it's good strongly recommended grab yourself uh depends on if you were the lady friend i forget if you guys are uh, spicy folks 
but the regular chicken tenders are great as well as the nashville hot ones but yeah seriously these fries are pretty pretty damn good yeah i feel like you don't you don't just throw 13 out of 10s at every fry you see so no no but that that is with the caveat that you understand that uh 15 out of 10s are for uh hero pups 14 out of 10s are for rare amazing puppers and then um uh 13 out of 10 is for did i ever share with you let me see um if i have this oh i actually do have it right at hand there's a comic that um i really enjoy from it's from uh sarah anderson and it is how every one of us is going to sound when we are in a nursing home and then people will just wonder what the fuck's wrong with us <laughs> yeah um, anyway so sorry sorry if good. i missed this but the so the the side was the nashville hot fries and then what else did you get uh well i i kind of whenever i go to someplace new i will just do the like the sampler and the sampler means I just buy more food than I'm going to eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I got the under the um, not to make this a GameStop thing, but a, like a tenders box, and I got myself um, three Nashville hot fries with coleslaw and regular fries, uh, one standard thing, and then um, if you go to their website and you go to sides, the yeah the Nashville hot fries are fucking great. Yeah, that could that could just two orders of that could be an entire meal. Like it'd be, it'd be a very unhealthy, unbalanced meal. But you know what? The isn't the food pyramid canceled? Like that's it's it's fine now. So did you did you get the just the regular starboard sandwich? Is that what you said? Oh oh man okay. Um, so I I also got no I didn't get any sandwiches except I did get one sandwich. I didn't get the. <laughs> Uh, I understand. I wait, confusing. wait. Sorry. Maybe I should have asked. What didn't you order? Uh, my uh, the initial again. My my thing is, I I get a sampler. I I will just I want to experiment what it has, what what something it has to offer. This will usually after be after some type of strenuous exercise, so I feel less guilty. Even though sure, the shame sure. the shame is is uh, is limitless. It's it's <laughs> it's it's like it. Yeah. But no, I also got the. And this was this is an anti recommendation. This this was very bad, but I feel like it's my fault for ordering the wrong thing. It is called the Baja Chicken Torta. Chicken Torta. Okay. Well, it I, was tor- tortas I normally like. It was the soggiest, saddest sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. Mm. It got two bites, and then unfortunately, it went into the compost bin. Mm, too bad. So again, I, I think I think your winner for. $22 is going to be the Nashville hot fries, the tenders box with uh, three Nashville hot chicken strips and then one standard. And it's very good. Yeah. And then again, their, their layout is very, um, it's very, uh, what, what's the, what's the, the douchey marketing term. They're very good at meeting customers where they, where they are, which means if you, if you want to have an in-store order or if you want to do a self checkout type thing, or if you want to do app based ordering, it all makes very good sense. And the um, the wait time situation and all that kind of stuff. It all, it all it's all very good. So if nice. you're ever way down here in uh, Central Marin, it's worth worth going to. And it's right next to an REI, so you can go get some outdoor gear at the same time. And it's right by a C's Candy as well, because you know you love your your weird caramels. 
Well, or, you know, right across from, from Blue Barn. So, if, I mean, if you're really looking just to blow it out, <laughs> you, you know. Oh, man, can I give a, a weird story or just a kind of a, a bummer of a story? It's That's take why we're here. 30 seconds. Uh, was having lunch with a friend and um, wanted Blue Barn and, and, and had promised or had assured them that I would pick up Blue Barn. And the this was on uh, the championship NFL Sunday. Oh. Um, and no answer on the phone yeah, and the, yep. um, the, uh, online ordering had been turned off. Yep. Yep. So I went in there. So then I had already kind of committed to it and I was like, there was no real, the other person was already on the way. So what am I going to say? I'd be like, Oh, actually, nope. never mind. So then I had to go to the one in Novato. Right. And it's a very nice one. It is. Yeah. I, I, I'm not familiar with Novato, um, other than the, the sports basement, Costco target shopping center. And yeah, that the whole downtown area is very nice, and that's a very nice blue barn. And unfortunately, it just added twenty minutes of transit time on either way. But it, it's it's very nice. Yeah, we're to, to continue to make it hyper local. Like mm-hmm. we're we're lucky to be where where we are from a blue barn standpoint because that Novato location is our that's our go to one, and it, mm-hmm. it tends to be much much less crowded than the one that you would go to. Yeah, that well, and that's the weird part is that the the that specific shopping in uh in central maroon that, that it's 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 this weird like hybrid dead mall where it is losing retail tenants a ton and there's there's many open for lease spaces but it is now this weird epicenter of like of like hip food places yeah, like there's also uh-huh. this new um i'm wait i've been waiting for omicron to die down and again michael barbaro's telling me i'm, I'm just a, a schmuck if i don't go everywhere all the time without a mask but and there's a new place called fieldwork brewing which used to be a um a thing that somebody had recommended to me when i was in cupertino and yeah it's supposed to be very good but i have not been there it's right across from blue barn in that same shopping center yeah i've i've not been to that specific location but i but i have been to um fieldworks um the one in uh, napa and it's 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 really good do they have sours they yeah they may they're they're one of those places that make a little bit of everything good solid pretzel too okay this this might be the thing where again uh what was it called monk's kettle monk's monk's kettle's canceled it's just so expensive i i want a place that's nearby that i can go take my kindle read for a minute and just have a pretzel and a beer and and have a and spend 20 bucks and be happy Fieldworks i don't recall being too bad um that, the uh, Mexican food restaurant that's in there too, Flores, is is excellent as well. Have you been there too? I, I I've been there had, a few times. Yeah, people had told me I still haven't been there, even though it's oh, Opsec. It's it's near to my house. Mm-hmm. Um, they were saying it's not like traditional Mexican no, food, where it's kind of. Not. And but that's the thing with like Central American food in general, where sometimes depending on where you like, it's it it can the flavors can be different enough where you're just not expect you're not getting what you're expecting so you're saying there's enough familiar stuff that's worth it or do you have something that you would recommend as like a starter point on the menu um i would say just go into it being being willing to try something a little bit different okay but like a different meaning like mango salsa different or no no nothing nothing like that okay okay yeah all right, it's very nearby, so you know, I'll, I'll I'll do I'll do I'll do a tour. I'll go to I'll go to Fieldworks. I'll go to Blue Barn. Go get some ski shoes at REI and Phil's, and then I'll do Flores. Okay. Talk talk about putting together your own sampler platter. 
There you go. <laughs> and then uh, go to Safeway and buy some Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's keep it moving. Um, when is Pixar on Disney Plus? Oh, so when is this movie coming out? So the I think we alluded to this on last week. Um, on last week. On last week's episode where the next Disney Pixar movie, uh, Turning Red, is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Right. Yeah. Um, is being released not in theaters, but is being released on Disney Plus and not as a Disney Plus premium. Is that what it's called? Uh, Disney Premier Plus Access? Premier Access. Yeah. So it is that is that is the weird thing where what was the last one called? Because it was not Soul. There was one in between Soul and this one, right? Uh, Luca. Yeah, and Encanto was was one of those it was like that's frozen disney where it was disney but with studios yeah. but with heavy pixar help right well i i i mean i assume yeah i assume with all with all the movies that there's there's um cross-pollination as you would say <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. synergies um so this is going to be the third pixar movie that is being released direct to streaming and with no prestige, and this Hollywood Reporter Hollywood Reporter article is, it's it's fair and it's weird, but the headline does not match the article itself. Because if you if you look where the if you just do like a command F for bummed out, um, like the actual substance in the article is uh, quote many wonder whether Pixar animators are quote seeing red. Over the January 7th announcement, according to several sources with close ties to Pixar, that's not the case. Disappointment, not outrage, is a more apt description. Quote, everyone is really bummed, but most of us get it. Families just aren't going to the movies, says one person at Pixar. So the title does not, the headline does not match the content of the article. But I mean, like that, that is kind of a shit sandwich. Like that does suck to have like something that you've put so much work into not even get like the Mulan treatment. Like I, I don't. Why isn't this worth twenty or thirty dollars? Like that. That is the thing where, like, it does have like the undertones that Disney maybe doesn't believe in Pixar movies being the draw that they once were. And I don't like. I don't know if that's unfounded or fair, but like it kind of feels real. Like I was like, why? Why is, um, what was it was Mulan? What was the other one? There's only been like two or three premiere access titles, right? Right. What's, what was the other ones? Um, Mulan was the first one. Um, access Disney. They might have done that with Black Widow too. I think not. Not Black Widow two. There, uh, there's only they did it Black with Widow. Mulan. Raya, Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, right. Cruella, Black Widow, and right. Jungle Cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. So what what made those more worthwhile than Pixar movies, which used to regularly bring in 500 million plus in the box office? Well, I mean, it, it, it kind of, I guess it, it depends on whether you believe what disney's been saying which i like i i'm i'm sort of the first one 
to who would raise their hand when I feel like I'm just getting a bunch of like corporate speak. Um, and I, I acknowledge <laughs> that that could be what this is from Disney, but like, I don't know. I also think that it's, it's probably true, which is that particularly family movies right now where, you know, you're generally going to be bringing little kids like that's just not the audience that is excited to go back to a movie theater. And so, so wouldn't those be the ones most captive to pay extras as premium? I don't I don't think so because again like if you're you know, if you're a a family with, you know, one or two little kids, there's there's kind of plenty else to just throw on on either disney plus or some other streaming service without having to pay and you know that that's it, it it's different because like if you if you make the decision to go to a movie theater and like we've talked about this before too like it, it's an experience whereas like if you're just watching a movie at home you kind of just flip on like whatever else is on there and just move on mm-hmm. and i think I think it's probably very true that Disney themselves, uh, you know, accrues a lot more value to Disney Plus by just having these Pixar movies just be available to everyone than they would to try and put it behind some premier access window for a while. And I feel like Red Panda in particular has to be turning red. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Otherwise, you could also just call it Darth, but <laughs> right. Um, has to be influenced by what happened to Encanto, where that was kind of a disaster in theaters. Like it didn't really do anything in theaters. When, when, which, what month was it released? I think November of this year, or, or of, well, of, of, of the most of twenty twenty one. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> the most closest adjoining year. Yeah. Um. Was that? Was that? Pre when when did Omicron happen? Because the Delta wave died down like, October. I mean, I I got I remember getting the New York Times push notification on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, oh. oh well, okay, moving on. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so, hmm. um, and and yeah, I mean that did not do very well in theaters, but then has been you know been doing really well on Disney Plus. So. I I think there's some lessons lessons learned there. So I I do think it's totally possible that what Disney's saying is is just true, which is that the type of movies like Pixar and like Disney Animation Studio movies for that matter, like those types of kind of family-oriented, younger kid-oriented movies are just not going to do well in theaters right now and they're probably not going to command you know, the 25 or 30 bucks, whatever premier access is. And so, you know, because of all that and because Disney's still trying to promote Disney plus, you kind of come to the conclusion that it's best just to make it available to everyone. Uh, and, 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 you know, not, not to, you know, pull an eight silver like five thirty eight on you here, but like, mm-hmm. I do feel like, we do need some more data. Like I do feel like we need some time where, you know, hopefully going to a movie theater for a family becomes a thing that they feel comfortable with again. And 
if we're in that environment and these Pixar movies are still just being dropped onto Disney Plus, then, you know, then it becomes a different thing. But if if all of a sudden these Pixar movies are, you know, going into theaters like anything else would, then then there you go. And I think I mean, I honestly, I think we're going to see that sooner rather than later. So that the next Pixar movie coming out after Turning Red is Lightyear. Um, mm-hmm. which is the Toy Story prequel slash spinoff slash whatever the heck that movie is going to end up being. Um, that movie's coming out in theaters. Like that's not that's not going to be a drops on Disney Plus thing. I don't even think that's going to be a premier access thing. I think that's going to just be, hey, this is this is in theaters. It's got the whatever the new theatrical window is going to be now, 60 days, whatever it is then it'll come out on Disney plus. But that's also lame because that, that goes back to the thing that Disney and most movie studios these days don't have any faith in new ideas. And all they can do is keep churning out the same movie over and over again. And Tim Allen and Buzz Lightyear has always been the least interesting part of the toy story series. Well, and that's, that's, you know, this is probably a little bit of a short term view that, that could maybe change a bit over time, but at least for, a while i think basically the only thing coming out of movie theaters are going to be sequels and other kind of like big known ip i don't think we're going to get a lot of new ip coming coming out in theaters i think that stuff is is basically going to just be a part of these streaming services for a while According to Wikipedia, the film was intended for worldwide theatrical release, but further COVID-19 pandemic disruption due to the rapid spread of Omicron variant resulted in the change. Uh, and also, I, I don't know, I, just, I, I feel bummed that Lady Darth movie, which is what the, I think the title should be, is it's not getting, the, not getting its due. I, have no, I haven't actually watched the trailer, but yeah, I don't know. It seems cute. And Red Panda's need to be more things. So. It, it's also... It's also such a small sample size so far, like just in the sense that like not even just the number of movies, but like when you think about the movies that have come out, so Soul and Luca. Well, what about the whole like all the whole like Jason Kylar power move of like didn't didn't the not the WB, what's it called? Actually, yeah, it is a Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Didn't they end up releasing 12 titles that were destined for theaters straight to streaming? Would we not have enough data points there? Um, well, no, I, 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 what I was about to say is I don't mean in terms of like, like the number, I just mean in terms of like what soul and Luca were like, and I, I mean, I say this as somebody who really, really liked soul and thought, thought it was tremendous and thought Luca was pretty meh. Um, I don't know if either of those movies would have like done gangbusters in the theaters. And that, that's been, um, that's been, um. Um, uh, have you been listening to Downstream? No, uh, I can't. I can't think of it's Jason Snell and who's who's his co-host on that. Uh, Is it uh, Julia? Uh, I'm so bad with names. Um, Julia, Julia Alexander. She used to be on The Verge. There we go. Yeah. Um, she she she's been really um um. I think smart with this, making the point that one of the things with the, these movies that came out on HBO this past year is, you know, like 
maybe with the exception of like Dune, like pretty and and you know the, it it pains me to say this as a as a Matrix fan, but I have to include the Matrix <laughs> Resurrections in this too. Like basically all the other movies that they put out on HBO Max probably weren't going to be some huge success in the theaters mm. anyway. So mm. in regular times. Yeah, I feel like literally everything but the Garfield movie would have been decent. Like in regular times, I feel like that. What, what is it? The, the that movie that Mike Isaac likes a whole bunch, like Judas and the Black Messiah, and some like. I think there's a bunch of movies that would have had solid attendance, but I I don't think yeah. Other other than Dune and Timothy Chalamet's boyish good looks, like I, I don't think that that's getting butts and seats in the theaters during a pandemic. But eh, I think they had a, a solid slate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dune was a good movie though. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, with, with this Pixar mm-hmm. thing, like I, I, I do think we have to kind of wait and see a little bit, but I, I am open to the idea that it, this isn't really sort of any sort of, um, you know, th- this isn't like the future of Pixar. Like this is more just we're in a time right now where these types of movies don't make sense to come out in theaters. You can't just sit on them forever and not release them at all. You've got this I, streaming service. You're still looking to prop up. So there you go. I I I, uh, hmm. I I think that's fair, but I don't think it's necessarily that's the future of Pixar. But I, but I my I guess my point is that. It's the dilution and discounting and and down marketing of a brand that used like Pixar used to be like a really like top tier marquee. I don't know if that's the right term for movies. And I, I don't know. That's it's 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 a tough sell. But also like Pixar movies recently, there have been a a, a decent amount of. Oh, and I can't even say clunkers or stuff because I haven't watched a lot of them. But like, I've never had the urge to watch. What's it called? The Last Dinosaur. Like, there, 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 there've been enough movies that maybe aren't necessarily they like Pixar had a really good hot streak between like 2002 and 2014, where they just could do no wrong. Yeah, I don't know. This feels like a move that is slightly maybe instills less faith in them, but I don't know. I'm hopeful. Again, bury a bread and when the why not. I th- I think part of what's going to be interesting is it just kind of depends on how much longer we're in this mode and how many more Pixar movies come out because it it does feel like there is a point where I don't know like if if somehow like the next you know four Pixar movies uh-huh. come out straight to Disney Plus like mm-hmm. it does feel like at some point. Even just the average consumer, if Disney were to all of a sudden say, hey, here's our new Pixar movie and it's coming out in theaters, mm-hmm. that consumer is going to be like, well, wait, hold on a minute. Like, I've, I've been getting these included in my Disney Plus subscription mm-hmm. for a while now. Like, I thought that's what these were. And I, I we're not at that point yet, but. I mean, I just think this means whether or not Bob Chapek and um, Bob Iger really understand how to learn to live with the virus. I don't, I don't. I don't care for this. This ultra snarky Carlos. I'm. It's. Uh. It's. It's. It's a challenge. But. But. I mean. I don't know. Like. I don't think we're going to continue to do this for another three years. We've already had two and a half years of it, 
and they've done enough to stem the Disney Plus defections and the the limited growth opportunity there. So yeah, I think it's I don't know I I just I think with family movies in particular it's going to be a bit of a longer pull, and so I think that's that's going to be the challenge for these Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. Again, my my and not not to belabor the point, my my argument is that the confidence that Disney has in the brand and its draw is highlighted by the fact that they will not put these movies behind that same $30 premium access or premier access, like extra paywall that they will for a Mulan, which is also ostensibly a family movie, like not targeted at ages like five through 12, but probably like ages like nine through 24. All right. Okay. What else do we have? Um, I think hey, that's, a, that's enough of the, the old stuff, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's reorganize stuff a little bit. Uh, tell me, so in another version of uh, video game acquisitions, this one seems like a reverse Activision. Uh, isn't Bungie a Microsoft company? They were. They spun off into their own company. This was quite a few years ago now. And then um, as of this week are now, well, not I guess not technically yet, but will be part of Sony. Um, this which makes is, no sense. What's that? This makes no sense. Because wasn't, wasn't the whole point... Because I know from the John Syracuse history that Bungie made its name with a, a game called Marathon. And then they were purchased or propped up by Microsoft in the early days of the Xbox. And they helped them create one of the most successful titles on the Xbox for in terms of exclusives, which was Halo and the many subsequent games from that. So where... where does What is Sony's potential value in this? Well, I mean, <laughs> they're 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 throwing, you know, what what's the what's the number here? They're throwing 3.6 billion dollars at Bungie. So that's, you know, that's where this starts. Um you know, I get Bungie would probably and maybe they are even saying these things like they're able to get, you know, resources from Sony that they wouldn't otherwise be able to get on their own. Um and then, you know, from Sony's perspective, um Bungie has well I mean you know from listening to John Syracuse this game Destiny and you know they're they're probably going to have an opportunity here to to make that exclusive to to Sony's platform so you know so does this mean there's never going to be another Halo game for Xbox consoles well Bungie doesn't make Halo anymore hmm Bungie Bungie didn't own the rights to Halo. Microsoft did, so it's been another. Have, it's been another studio, three four three, I think, is their name, um, that's been making the more recent Halo games. Oh, uh, okay, so that fills in a gap I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, so because they, they you know, Halo games have still been coming out, including one just a couple of months ago, and the, those are completely unaffiliated with Bungie. Got it. So, I mean, if Destiny is their key title, that has always struck me as being a primarily playstation 
video game? Like, is it a PlayStation exclusive or is it also available on Xbox? No, that's been a very cross-platform game. That's been mm. Xbox, PlayStation, and uh, PC. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, it, it's um, it's just it's 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 kind of crazy just how um how much has happened in the video game industry in such a short period of time. Like we didn't talk about this on the show, but you had Take Two ac- uh, acquiring Zenga, and that happened just like maybe i don't even know if it was like a full week before the microsoft activision news and then you know a week and a half later you've got this sony bungee thing so it's just it's it's not just a lot of consolidation it's a lot of consolidation happening in like a really crazy short period of time so um yeah it's going to be super interesting to see how it how it shakes out which you know as we as we've gotten into it i think it's going to be you know, a f- at least a few years before we really get to to see it, but but it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the Sony and Bungie acquisition, that that is kind of more of a shift in who owns what than actual consolidation. Because if they were already part of the Microsoft gaming empire, it's just moving between two different giants to a degree. Well, I mean, they had, they've been their own independent company for for quite a while now they broke off from microsoft um i mean man that was probably seven eight years ago Hmm. if if not longer so they they, they've been doing their own thing for a while Hmm. and yeah i mean certainly not you know not an Activision. They're not some, you know, huge publisher, but um but still, you know, a a a, a big deal in the in the world of video games. So I had to, I had to google it just for a quick fact check. So apparently they left Microsoft in 2007. But Jesus. then they but then they were but, but then so I'll send you a link to a relevant tweet that you'll probably know way more about. Um but then they were also owned by Microsoft for a full another decade, or sorry, uh, by Activision for a full another decade. Huh. So actually, they, they haven't been independent that long. Well, I, uh, I, I had kind of forgotten about the Activision part. Um, I don't think they were fully owned by Activision. I think Activision was basically their like exclusive publisher. So they, it was it was a little bit of a different relationship, but but point taken, they they've only been truly independent for a short a shorter period of time. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think you know one of the things that I don't think we've really gotten into on on the show that that's been mentioned in quite a few other places is you know one of the really interesting things that's going to happen out of all this is. I mean, a lot of people are going to leave these companies. A lot of a lot of people um, are not necessarily going to want to work for, you know, a Microsoft or a Sony, and they're going to go off and and do their own thing. So I, I I do think there's going to be kind of an interesting opportunity, maybe for a lot of new, interesting, smaller studios to to pop up out of this. But we'll we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do a couple of quickies related to media and movies, and then we'll move to a boring topic. So Little Caesars is making a 
Batman calzone slash pizza. Uh, I'm assuming that means there's going to be a new Batman movie available on one or more streaming services. Uh, well, no, uh, the Batman, which is coming out, uh, um, <laughs> Safeway. Okay. Uh, huh. Um, coming out this month, question mark. On um, what? Uh, that's, that's coming out in theaters. Which streaming service will it eventually end up on? Just so that it helped me understand who owns what? The Batman is... Is it really called The Batman? It is called The Batman. That's why I keep saying it, because I think it's kind of a silly name. Um, it's Well, it, it's it's Warner, so I, I guess it'll come out on HBO Max. <laughs> mm. The Batman, okay. But this is But this is, you know, staying true to their word that that you know they're going back to the well whatever the traditional theatrical format is these days oh it and batman is being played by edward uh edward from twilight mm. yeah well this is interesting uh, there's there's kind of a this movie's <laughs> this movie's been kind of all over the place so this originally was going to be a Ben Affleck movie because he's he's been Batman most recently in in the the DC stuff like you know Justice League and and all that and he was I think like originally going to both write or like write direct and star in the movie but then he was going to just like direct it for a while or something. And then he like eventually just completely pulled out of it altogether. And then like the script got completely rewritten and it's, it became like a whole different movie. Mm. Um, and it's apparently like almost three hours long. And there was Oof. some, there was some rumor going around that some version that they screened to test audiences was like closer to like four and a half hours long. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I I do enjoy Batman. He's the he's the only good DC character. Don't at me. Um, so it's okay. One uh, one one day I'll watch The Dark Knight. You, yeah. You again, should. you you're you're finally on board with Succession. This gives me a reason to want to watch The Dark Knight. Yeah, we we talked about that that offline, and when I when I've seen more of it, we'll we'll bring that online. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with this, the just in this Polygon article, I did not know that. Uh, the brand name from Little Caesars is a calzone, um, which is a portmanteau slash combination of a pizza and a calzone. I'm not really entirely sure where the Y comes from, but it's ostensibly shaped like a bat, and it is somehow entirely immune to inflation because it's only seven ninety nine. <laughs> and yeah, I might eat this. I yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hate the idea. I don't think there are any Little Caesars in Marin, but um, I don't think there are either. Yeah, yeah. but there, there, there's one uh, in Emeryville, right? If you, if you want, if you want to go talk to some people at Pixar and then go two blocks over, there's a Little Caesars right there, hot and ready. Um, and then this goes back to the football thing. Uh, judging from people I've talked to recently about how the Super Bowl is ending up. Nobody actually cares about the lineup because the you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the Rams are kind of a, a Dodgers situation where they're just trying to buy championships where they just have a bunch of talent and the Bengals don't really it's not competitive. But the championship games in advance of the Super Bowl 
were the most watched in several years, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been something that we've been tracking a little bit on the show, this idea that, you know, throughout the pandemic, sports ratings across the board, less so in football, but, but still a little bit in football, have been, have been down a bit. Um, and you know, there's, there's always been kind of this, this, um, idea that, well, you know, when, when the pandemic starts to ease and, and these, you know, stadiums and arenas are full of fans again, so that's not some, it's not some weird experience to just watch these games played in front of an empty stadium, like people will start coming back. And at least in, at least with football, that seems to be what's happening. So, um, I think ratings not only for these championship games, but I think sort of across the board this season were were really good for the NFL. So seem it seems like some of the you know live, even live sports are dead kind of thing is maybe a little premature, and that it was more to do with just it was super weird to watch live sports when COVID was super bad and people just weren't even like in the mood for sports in general during that time. Mm-hmm. And it's the other interesting part, and this may be in, inaccurately or, or poorly informed, but uh, it's always felt like with most major sports, West Coast teams don't have the same rivalristic draw as like something between like the Patriots and somebody else. So to see two California teams attract that big of an audience is actually kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I actually I thought a little bit about that too. And it's not just a sports center thing or a, or a Joe Buck thing where he doesn't respect the West Coast. All right. Um, you want to talk about home screens for a minute? Yeah, let's do it. I, I, I watched the video you sent me and I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really understand what I was seeing. Okay. So did you rethink your home screen at all when widgets became a thing? Um, I mean, Actually, in, the, or, in the sense that I added a widget to my home screen, sure. Or are you willing to send a picture of your home screen for comparison purposes? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you'll probably make fun of it, but no, I won't. I'm, I'm, how dare you? Um, yeah, I guess I can send you. Take that. Do the thing. Slack share sheet. I guess I'll. What I'll what I'll do with this? I'll. DM this to you? How come how come DM me? Oh, there you go. There you are. Alright. We'll send you the thing. Hmm. What would I, what was there to make fun of? I don't um, know. You just you do you 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 hate on my technology decisions. I do not at all. This is a mischaracterization. This is fake news. Um but I do have a question with this. Sure. How because I can't see the dots. How many home screens do you have? Uh, just the one. So if you were to swipe right to left, that would get you an app library. Correct. So I guess so that, that's my question. So I, so if you go back to the podcast ideas folder, I, I put a picture of my old one for posterity and for comparison purposes. I'd always been like, I just, I, I just never reconsidered home screens since like iOS seven. And it was just a bunch of icons, bunch of folders and just is what it is. So are you saying that you have most of your applications, like you went through and like quasi deleted them where they don't actually ever exist on your home screen anymore? Right. And that happened in iOS 14? 
Well, I mean, they it basically had already happened because all of those apps were previously just stuck in folders that I never opened on a second home screen. So like now that second screen, instead of just being a bunch of apps in random folders, is now just app library which is slightly more organized well when you're whenever you open up an application for something that's not like on your first home screen anyway don't you just like just drag down from the middle of the screen and open up a spotlight search anyway well yeah and then this has been this has been jason's snell thing ever since app library became a thing which is why does app library even need to exist when there's already a more efficient way to open apps I have certainly looked for multiple ways to turn it off, and it is it, it is not something that you can hide, unfortunately. No, but it's something that, like, I can't even really tell you the last time that I swiped right to left and saw the app library. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just, I had forgotten it was even a thing until we started talking about it now. Yeah. So, with the video that I sent you, um, I don't like, so, I, yeah, I'm trying to cut down on... Uh, opportunistic downtime time wasting so i've uninstalled a a couple of key time wasting apps on my phone and tried to make what is most visible less uh addictive i guess but the one thing that i have doubled down on sort of that was there's two things and so the the first part i'm gonna mention is something we'll cover later because i think that's something that you have a lot of insight into which is i i have used the um, like the supercharged do not disturb feature for the first time and tried to create a custom focus mode. And you'll notice in the video that what all that does is disable badges from all icons on the home screen. And just kind of, I don't know, just like trying to use widgets to take up more space and reduce just the idea of just getting buried into applications i have no actual data points or statistical references to suggest whether this is actually going to work but yeah i've got like a bunch of like fitness stuff and like i I have made peace with the fact that i think streaks is the least bad thing for tracking things on ios and then yeah i've got omnifocus and fantastical on the second home screen but overall i've cut the number of visual applications down by like a lot i have no i have no idea if this is actually worth it but this is the first time i've tried to reevaluate a home screen in seven years so yeah i don't know i'm curious to see if this actually sticks or if there's anything useful coming out of this i i am intrigued with the idea that you can have different home screen layouts in different focus modes wait what um like mm-hmm. you, you, you can have you can have a a focus mode. Basically, you show you like a different home screen. Like it will actually rearrange the icons, or yeah. you can just say like certain homes, like certain pages are available at certain times. I think it. I think you can like rearrange icons and everything. Hmm. Like you can have like a different set of icons show up because like the examples I've heard is you can have like a like a travel focus mode where. You know, you've got access to TripIt or like, I don't know, whatever travel apps you're using that, you know, you don't normally need sitting there on your home screen, but would be handy to have, you know, at a tap when you're traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought some of that stuff sounds neat, but 
I don't know. Like for me, I, I've found the, you know, the do not disturb while driving thing, which is not new to, you know, focus modes. That's, that's been a thing for a while and is now just one of, you know, one of the focus modes that come out of the box. Like I, I find that to be pretty useful. Um, the fitness one is useful. Sleep is, is obviously something I use. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of mostly it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really, I haven't really customized any of those a ton. So I guess in your example, the, the fact that there are no badges, is that because you have no notifications pending because right. you have a focus mode that hides them or you just have badges turned off all the time? Uh, no, I, I just, I just have badges turned off. The only app on my home screen that's even allowed to show badges is slack mm-hmm. and to be honest i don't even know why i let it do it because they're basically worthless What's wrong all the time yeah um and just omnifocus is not on here well it's part of the so it, it, you can't really tell in a screenshot but the widget oh, that it, i have the is smart a, stack right so in the smart da- smart stack i have carrot weather streaks fantastical and omnifocus Gotcha. See, that's that's the part that I actually found was in, like I'd been very resistant to widgets for quite a while. But yeah, I and on that first screen, I've got four um, fitness slash like personal tracking widgets related to it. So yes, you've got um, a, a food logging app, a, a streaks, Strava, and fitness. And then on the second screen, your weather. And then you can flip between um, the forecast view of OmniFocus and um, Fantastical. I don't know. So yeah, the the, the smarts, I think the widgets on iOS are not that useful, but the addition of the, the, the stack views makes them more useful than they otherwise would be. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's lame that they're not interactive at all. Um but yeah, I, I do think the the being able to kind of create like a stacked widget I, that that's pretty nice. I really want to like the photos widget, but is there basically no customization as to what it shows you? Well, I think is it wasn't the thing in like iOS fifteen they added some stuff where you could sort of tell photos to not surface particular sets of photos. Um, yeah, so it, like you can and, hide memories and stuff. But, yeah, but there's so no like, way to just specify that a widget is just, hey, just rotate this album. It's your entire library. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I, yeah. I also tried having that up. Um, I guess I, I did have it on my home screen there for a minute, but I, I did. It's too many random photos that like yep. I just don't. <laughs> that are kind of silly to have pop up on my home screen so yeah because like against like very cherished memories you just have like a receipt or a picture of I, like it's whatever it's just I, not i feel like this is maybe one of the biggest problems with photos on ios and i, I guess you can include mac os in this too like apple's view of how photos works is sort of predicated on having this like pristine photo library <laughs> that you like the, know like the keynote demo real like style lifestyle exactly like doesn't have any sort of duplicates doesn't have any sort of just oh i need to take a picture to like capture this <laughs> phone number or like you know what like whatever like it, it it's yeah 
Like the, uh, the Apple keynote is never going to have like a, a uh, somebody scrolling through their camera roll that also includes like their vaccination card or <laughs> or like receipts from Whole Foods or yeah. like uh, a th- like a light bulb that you're going to take to Home Depot to try to find find the right one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I'll I'll see if this works, but I th- I think it's interesting. I don't I, I don't know. Like I'm I'm very aware. Like I I need to purge a lot of apps from my phone, but I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't know. Um, interesting that the only so the only thing we have in common, like in terms of it being in the, exactly the same location, is is the phone app. Well, yeah, that I oh, uh, oh, that's a very interesting point. Is that for you? Um, so the reason with the, when the original iPhone shipped that the uh, camera icon was always in the upper right was that you knew that the camera, like that's the same place that it is on like the op, like if you pretend the phone was see-through, that's where the camera exists. Oh, I never thought of that. So the fact that you shifted it to that spot is is, is actually very interesting. Um, but yeah, there's, yeah, there's not a lot of overlap on here. What does, what, what utility are you getting out of the Sonos app? Um, I, I, do kind of bounce back and forth between playing music from the Sonos app directly um, and versus doing it through AirPlay on Apple Music. Hmm. Um, so like a couple of examples of that, I guess, would be if I'm playing music kind of throughout the home, it's a little bit easier to control that within the Sonos app than it is through the AirPlay interface. Um, And then also like the use case I've mentioned a few times before where I'll use like my Sonos Move to pick up the TV audio from the TV that's connected to the the beam and and bring that into the backyard. Um, You can really only do that like through the Sonos app. Mm. Okay. And Sonos doesn't have a good widget. I yeah, I don't I don't think they have any kind of widgets. Okay, cool. And you're still on Team Reader. Oh yeah, yeah. I I tried um the new version of Net Newswire. Yeah. And I if I I super appreciate what it is. I mean, it's free, so I'm not gonna like hate on it. But it's it's especially on the mac it's very very limited or i guess actually maybe it was even more so on ios like there was no like you couldn't even like change the size of the font like it was just a very very limited which again it's free so i'm not going to hate on that but reader reader's really good Mm. cool and then last bit on this either this is a an open question to people or and you about does this app exist or is this actually something that's a novel million dollar idea that nobody's thought of and that we can patent is there anything that is a reverse calendar and if i say that do you know what i'm hinting at no okay i want a calendar or like a like a a, a negative fantastical that shows me all of my free time that like suggests that you wake up at seven thirty and you go to bed at 
uh, let's say 11. Um, and it shows you all the free time that you could put things into that aren't already booked. How does that not exist? Or are, are you questioning hmm. the fact of how this would be useful? The latter. Yeah. How, how not? Maybe this is, this is somebody, again, I, I have an issue where I will frequently, it'll be 1045 at night and I'll be like, I haven't done, I haven't accomplished enough today or I haven't done enough stuff for me today. And that will cause me to want to stay. And this, this is very much a single guy problem. I understand that. <laughs> Shut up. Um, wait, are you saying that you can't just stay up until one forty-five doing God knows what for no reason? Well, <laughs> I, I, I can, but I'm sure as heck going to regret it the next morning. <laughs> I just kind of want to know where, like, I, I want an app because like, and I, I, there's a, there's a thing that there's an app that, uh, the relay people are always talking about called Cal zones, which is, which is a great name, but it has something to do with like, uh, it's like a time zone Cal, like, uh, aware uh calendar app and what i want is a thing that'll just show me hey you've you have meetings from this point to this point your time's occupied from this point to this point and you have like and if like it would it would smartly have a thing that would like add 15 or 30 minutes on either end or both ends of your existing appointments and would be aware of like transit times and it would say hey you're starting out your day you just woke up you have six hours and 10 minutes of time that is unbooked. And how do you want to use that? I feel like that would be a very, very useful application, or at least very, very useful to me. And I wish somebody would make it. Yeah, I think, I think knowing when you have free time and being more intentional and cognizant of how you use your free time would be a valuable proposition. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think you could achieve that through a calendar app, but, but how, but I, I want a thing that, that does the opposite. That shows me times that I don't have anything done. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, this is, this is generally part of my or, or, or morning routine is it's you open fantastic cow you, you do look at the day a review of the day and then you've got a pretty good sense of when you're free and when you're not free no but that's not the same ah okay but between you and me carlos it, you i think you do sometimes tend to overcomplicate things what we, I, I mean i, what? I don't I, I think this is what? a you, <laughs> really the person that owns okay well i over i overcomplicate technology maybe, no no I, I you're not wrong but I, but I, <laughs> but i'm I, i'm i'm upset that you said it i no i like i get it but i again i this is the same thing of where i i wish like what's that thing isn't there supposed to be an alexa that flies around your house oh uh, <laughs> didn't they make that a thing yeah, it's it's actually it's like part of the the ring security stuff. But yeah, like I just wish there was a thing that would be like, hey, like wake up, you have seven hours of free time today. You can choose to use that how you want. And I understand that just being a better person would be a much simpler roundabout way of fixing this. But anyway, I'm gonna go. I'll go write underscore David Smith and ask him to make this app, and then he can keep all the profit. I don't even. Okay, okay. 
Let's see what he says. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know like what this app like. I try. It to would even be a picture, negative like, calendar. Show me all the time that isn't when I have stuff to do. You never have an, uh, d- d- just lie to me. Uh, just, you don't ever have a day where you're kind of like, eh, where did the day go? Because I, because I wasn't doing anything. Because you weren't doing anything substantive. Well, like if, I, like if, it, if I'm choosing yeah. to take a day where I, I'm not doing anything of value or I'm just kind of lazing about and I made that choice, that's cool. But if you have a kind of day where you did have like six hours of free time to yourself and you kind of didn't really do anything with it, but you also weren't relaxing. That's what I'm trying to solve for. Well, okay. I mean, I know I get it. I mean that, that at, at my point in life, that's not an issue that I, I have, but <laughs> again, I, I, as I'm saying, this is much more a single guy problem. I, 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 uh, I'm envious and also not of the fact of, um, not, not having that amount of latitude in your day. Right. Anyway, reverse calendar. Somebody got it. I would pay twenty dollars a year I can't for that. Even picture like it, it's a calendar, but the reverse. I, I don't. I need you to like it's, mock this up for me in Photoshop I, or something. I can't even picture like what it would look like. I will. I'll. I'll go. I'll make this for my pitch deck, and I'll I mean, go. Like, I'll go drive down to Palo Alto. It's like. I almost feel like you just need to open Fantastic Cal, and then doesn't Mac OS have some kind of feature where you can like it's like an accessibility feature where you yeah can yeah like, just invert the colors. No, that's literally what I want. Is the so thing why, that why can't you why can't you do that? I think iOS has that feature too. <sighs> that's not the point. <laughs> you could probably set up some kind of no shortcut no. <laughs> to like open Fantastic Cal and then automatically turn that reverse color feature on. And no, boom, but I go. want it to be aware of the time that I should be sleeping. This is the make Apple. Didn't they acquire Bedit it uh, or uh, <laughs> Bredit or something? You added one. I think you added an extra syllable in there, but uh, Bedit, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, they they made a thing that's allegedly like so. Apple knows when I go to when somebody goes to sleep. Find a way to yeah. Again, the more waking hours I'm aware of, the more Apple TV Plus content I could be consuming, and the more iCloud space I could be using. This is this money left on the table, Tim time as a service not bad but i think that was literally a justin timberlake movie was did wasn't he in a movie where like everybody wore a wristband and you if like you if you got coffee you had like minutes deducted off your life i i yeah speaking of was that a good movie speaking of a time in my life where i apparently had too much free time i i i have (laughs) i have seen that i have seen that movie what was was it called it was bad um uh, Justin oh, Timberlake. To, we, have to, we have to look this up now. Justin Timberlake time movie. It was called In Time. Of course, it was. Yeah, it was. It was bad. Oh, and it's and it's got uh fucking what's his name? Um, Pete Campbell in it. Mm. Oh, it does. I don't remember him. I, I although to be honest, I remember very little about that movie outside of it not being very good. Uh. In Time is the 2011 American science fiction movie where inhabitants in a society are, or people stop aging at 25. Instead of using money as a currency, a new economic system uses time as currency, and each person has a clock on their arm that counts down how long they have to live. I've never seen this. I've only seen like the trailer for it. So I would, I don't know. I have to check my reverse calendar as to whether or not this would be a good use of my time. Yeah, I. I now, this would have been a straight to streaming movie if this was released during a pandemic. 
That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a good. It's not a good movie. I'll give you a list of fifty movies you should see before that one. Give me a list of fifty Justin Timberlake movies. <laughs> has, has he been? Has, has he been, been in a good movie? He the Social Network was actually a, a okay. Oh, movie. he was yeah that that was okay, and he he was decent in that. That's true. Mm-hmm. He quit music, right? Uh, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. No, no, I think he's he's still doing that. Uh, Wikipedia has a picture of him and Obama. Uh, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, do we uh, do? Uh, do we have any of the quickies? We're at an hour twenty-five. Um. Did anything happen with Apple? Um, I, don't, I don't really care about the quarter news so much. They had they had a big quarter, great, and they, yeah, they no, made they made Macs that were good, and people bought them. Congrats. Yeah. Um, I think the the iOS fifteen point four stuff is kind of neat. Um, What's that? Well, so I like Apple in general. The last few years has been doing more of this kind of like mid cycle oh, yeah. iOS update where. It's not just your typical bug fixes and security enhancements. It's actually like, you know, previously unannounced features, oftentimes, which are nice stuff. Like, you know, for example, a couple of years ago, the iPad, you know, cursor support that came in like a, you know, iOS 13.5 or whatever update. Um, and this time around, there, there's a handful of things that sound pretty neat in 15.4. Um, I think the most interesting of which is um, face ID with a mask support, which meaning, is which meaning is, without a watch with meaning without an Apple watch. So you actually um, go through a, a separate setup process within face ID, which you actually don't need to be wearing a face mask to do, but. It, it it does a separate scan of your face where it's focusing on just, you know, the parts of your face that it can see when, you know, you're wearing a mask. And I think yeah. Apple specifically said it's kind of like the area around your eyes it's kind of focusing on. Um, yeah, which... I, iPhone can recognize the unique area around the eye as its primary method of authentication. Right, which is which is really, really cool. And... You know, the the watch thing, it works fine, but it's it, one of its really big limitations, which which this solves for. I mean, I, I guess theoretically Apple could have tried to solve for it through the watch thing, but there, I'm sure there were some good reasons why they didn't go down this route is with the watch thing, you can unlock your phone, but you can't do anything else that you could normally do with Face ID. So, for example, <laughs> like... like password one password uh-huh. accessing wallet like nothing else that you can otherwise authenticate with face id um, when you're not wearing a mask you can't do any of those things when you're using your apple watch and this new process it, it face id just continues to work like it always does mm-hmm. um, which that that seems really really neat this uh, feels inherently less secure, right? Like, well, is there any like uh, verbiage on the setup screen that says like, "Hey, this is like regular Face ID is preferred due to higher security" or something? It's it's, it's too bad you don't listen to upgrades though, because they they actually had a really good conversation on this this week. They mm-hmm. where they actually pulled out like the numbers that Apple cited in the past, where I think it's like 
I forget what exactly what the numbers were, but I think it was like touch ID was like one in a hundred thousand false positive, and then like face ID is like one in a million false positive. Mm. And so the idea would be that even if there is some reduction compared to normal face ID, it's probably still going to be way, way more secure than even like touch ID was. So, you know, you you kind of just are okay with that. So, yeah, I, I think, okay. I think this is super neat. Um, you know, I, so is there, it's so, can you can you opt out of because the, the the issue with the the watch feature that they added in is that it is kind it adds like a half a second to three quarter of a second delay can you opt out of watch authentication if this actually does work well well i mean yeah i mean you could just go into you could just go into face id and just uncheck that box and say hey mm. don't use this watch anymore got it hmm. um yeah I, I i think this is super cool i mean you know super easy for me to say as someone who's not a i don't even know if it's like a software engineer it's like a whatever kind of engineer you need to be to make face id um it's too bad this didn't come earlier but um you know better late than never yeah and I'll, like again the one side benefit of the pandemic i would say is this kind of even once we get the the pandemic gets downgraded or it gets put into was it, is it endemic status that's the one below it like just it, it this kind of normalizes mask wearing when people are just normally sick which hopefully will stick around for just like general public health so i mean yeah this this being a feature is kind of cool no matter what well and there and there are you know obviously many professions and areas of the mm -hmm. world where wearing face masks is is yeah even pre-pandemic was a very common thing so no I, I i don't by any means mean that like you know, COVID's going to be over next week, and this is this missed the boat. But like, oh well, but, but I mean, every everybody, every um, kind of reactionary type would be like, oh yeah, well, it's it's coming way too late, and this would be as useful a year and a half ago. But no, but it, it definitely still has legs, and again, stuff will continue to evolve, and it'll still be an important feature. And I'm glad they're not just abandoning it. it I mean, it, and it does sort of. Um answer finally answer the question as to like you know what apple's thinking has been because i mean surely if you were to rewind to you know april 2020 like i i'm almost positive there would have been many probably pretty high level conversations with an apple that's like our primary mode of authentication which we just rolled out at that point what a couple years earlier is now going to be a lot less useful like what what do we do and i mean th this this is this is clearly what they decided was we'll we'll rejigger face id to support face masks mm -hmm. and it just you know it just it took a while to to get there because you know obviously there was a lot of speculation about well are they are they going to add touch ID back into the phones? And I mean, it, it was obviously, it was obvious that for the 2020 phone, it was way too late to do that. And in retrospect, it, at that point, it was probably too late to do it for the 2021 phone as well. Um, and so th this is the path that they, that they went down and they did the watch thing kind of, I think, knowing that that was something they could do and, and could probably get done a bit quicker than the update to face ID. So that was kind of rolled out to be 
a kind of an interim solution, I think. And then, you know, now, now we've got this. So yeah, it's really, really neat. Um, and then the, I mean, the other big thing has been, you know, universal control, which was kind of touted as being a big feature of Mac OS 12. I guess that's what we're on now. Um, yeah, that didn't come out when Mac OS 12 came out and it hasn't been in any of the betas or anything up to this point, but that that's included now in the latest Mac OS beta and latest iPad OS and iOS betas. As somebody who uses the iPad regularly, is that something that you have been excited about or was kind of just a whatevs feature? It's kind of a whatevs feature. I I I don't have a context where I'm actively using my Mac and iPad at the same time. So I just don't think this would be for me. I, I think it's a it's a cool it's a really cool technology. It's like it's a cool demo, but I just I can't think of, I can't think of the use case. Yeah, especially with the way the operating systems are so different. I can't really think of somebody who's using those two things right next to each other in parallel and not just getting just confused and choosing to use one or the other. And I, I don't know what it is, but I, for, for a long time, for many years, I was a, like a multi-monitor person, like, especially like at the office. And I, I don't know what it is, but like in more like the last handful of years, like even sort of pre pandemic, like I, I'm just not really a multi monitor person anymore. Yeah. Like, like I kind of just, I have my, you know, 27 inch screen and it's 4k and like, that's, you know, that kind of is generally enough. And like, I, I do, I do leave my, you know, MacBook pro open to the side so that if I do need to like, throw something in a second window which i don't really do all that often but i i I can it's there but yeah i I don't i'm not really into the the multi-monitor thing as much anymore Mm -hmm. um yes we don't really need to cover the quarter that they had again yeah they sold a bunch of max but um the one other thing that i do want to take a quick round trip with is that um there's a rumor that German posted about and this is something that i i swear i i made a, a suggestion of, of something that would just completely upend what square and toast and a few other people do is that apple is set to allow iphones and potentially ipads to be payment terminals out of the box which just mean which would just mean and I'm, I'm not an engineer but just kind of reversing nfc I liked making it a mostly a read-only type thing instead of Apple Pay as being like an outward technology. And the next evolution, like instead of Apple having spent a bunch of time and effort making a credit card, it feels like a much simpler way to uh, push Apple Pay adoption forward and continue to get a cut of transaction fees would just be to take over what Square does. Because Square, up until the point that they started making their own hardware was basically just something that you attach to iOS devices and to a lesser extent Android. So just make an iPhone and an iPad like a thing that's just like three taps in settings and you can now use this to get paid. And that just seems like an immensely easy revenue for additional services and Apple Pay revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Huh. So weird that it took a while, but yeah, allegedly that's that's on the table shortly 
Yeah. And well, they, I, I again, I actually didn't know this until listening to Upgrade this week. They Apple, I guess, in 2020 had acquired a company that basically like this was their whole thing was like using built in NFC readers to accept credit card payments. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, yeah, I guess, I guess that's what this has been leading towards. So yeah, I, I, I could see that being a kind of a, a, you know, big feature of iOS 16 this year. All right. You got anything else? Uh no, I think that's that's it for me. Okay. Um I've got kind of a a fun chef special for you this week. Um this was something um I did this past weekend that I think I actually mentioned to you. Um it's a place I had never never this, been to is this place and like Nicasio or kind of out towards Point Reyes? Point Reyes, yeah. Um, hmm. um and I I had I've had these cheeses before, so I had like had known the name, but I'm not even like sure I was explicitly aware that it was somewhere so close by. Mm-hmm. Um but this is this is the Marin French Cheese Um Company. And it it's a it's a really, really great location to visit. It's kind of just out in the country a bit it's um you know it's not particularly crowded or at least it wasn't when we were there it's you know tons of um like outdoor picnic space um the store itself is is beautiful like it i again this is the first time i've been there like but it seems like maybe it's been like very recently renovated it's very very nice on the inside very friendly people um and the, i mean the cheese is just fantastic so really there, really good place to like spend an afternoon is there wine sold as well yeah they've got a little section off to the side that does um beer wine and cider what would you say the the cost for two people is for for like kind of an afternoon picnic or the, light lunch? i mean it's very reasonable i mean it, the the cheeses are all basically like seven bucks a piece and then you, mm. you can buy crackers and bread i mean you, you could bring that stuff yourself too if you really wanted to i guess um so yeah no it's not not, not very expensive oh and they they did also have um um sandwiches too that you Ooh. that you could that you could you know order and they'd make fresh for you i didn't do that but i like it yeah, yeah. no it, it was it was um the the lady friend just kind of threw it out there as a last minute idea this past weekend, and I you know thought sure, and it, I was really really um, happy about it. I already want to go back, and to and hope. when you're there, get the jalapeno. That's what the, brie. Come on, all right. Yeah, that was already the the first thing that jumps out. The 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 um the mustard one is also really good. Um, and they they've got this new cheese, the Golden Gate. That is, like, if you can get a sample of it, I'd recommend doing that just to say you've tried it because it's it's very different. I'm not. I, it's an acquired not, taste. It's a yes, very much so. Okay. Under the info for visitors section, dogs are welcome on the play on the picnic grounds while on a leash. They are not permitted inside the cheese shop. <laughs> no, uh, makes sense. Branson Branson did come with us, but yeah, he he had to uh, he had to stay outside. 
All right, my pick is not going to be a very novel one, but uh, there's a game that people have been playing for the past couple of months that I'm a latecomer to, which is called Wordle. And it was purchased by the New York Times for... Uh, what, what what do you determine low seven figures to mean? Like one to three million dollars? Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So this guy who made a... It, and, and there's a very cute story related to it, which is that he made... Uh, he wanted to, wanted to make a word game for his wife. And it's just a thing that he shared on the web and people really attached to and has an active user base of uh, a million players a day and it's just delightful so if you just google w-o-r-d-l-e have you ever played it i have not no you should give it a try tomorrow it's 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 dead simple basically you're just choosing you're trying to pick the right five letter word and with each subsequent guess it tells you which letters are either not used in the word are used and are in the right spot or are used and are not in the right spot and you get six guesses and you get to choose a word and it's fun and it's it's a nice social thing and it's it's cool but yeah so i i highly recommend it and also yeah apparently the times thought it was worth buying as well because that's going to now be part they're going to fold it into their um crosswords and games subscription thing 